Welcome to Sex Communication, a project aimed at changing how people talk about sex. It features audio recordings of sex acts, extremely frank conversations, and many confessionals. Please note that our content is explicit and uncensored. And while these episodes may indeed arouse you, the intent is to inform and inspire. Join us now for a judgment and shame-free exploration of sex. Sexy, sexy, sex stuff. Sex. Hello and welcome to episode 73. Today we ask the question, what is it like to be 27 and in the middle of a sexual metamorphosis? My guest today is Will, and he sits down with me to discuss his entire sexual history thus far, which has taken place over 15 years. We talk about the rocky start to his sexuality, um, different things he's dabbled in over the years, and how today in adulthood he's actively and more intentionally exploring sexual attraction across genders. We also talk about the role of age and communication in a healthy relationship and why he keeps judging himself for being attracted to monogamy. There are a bunch of other things that come up, but you're just going to have to listen to find out. Here we go. Hello, Will. Brian. <laughs> Thank you for agreeing to do the podcast. Thank you for having me. You're a listener of the podcast. I am. I started listening to the podcast a month ago. Uh, it kind of coincided with me having a little bit of a, um, I don't know what I can call this, what I'm in the middle of. <clears throat> Are you having like a quarter life crisis? No, because it's not like, I mean, maybe in some sort of aspect, but mostly it's, I'm having a little bit of a sexual metamorphosis, I guess, or maybe an awakening of sorts. What do you mean by that? Um... I've just discovered that um, I'm kind of tired of having the same old, same old vanilla sex that I've been having for the majority of my sexual life. Um, I've pre- I'm a pretty vanilla lover, and I can recognize that about myself. But the only difference is that I've been, I'm 27 now, and I've been having sex for more than half my life. Uh, so, cause I lost my virginity when I was 13 and, but since then part of that, part of the reason is because, um, I'm a monogam, you know, I'm a serial monogamous. So when you're a serial monogamous, it's kind of hard to branch out when you're in the confines of a relationship, sexually speaking. Didn't you share with me, though, that you've only had, you're in the single digits with partners? Yeah, and that plays into the serial monogamous since I was, uh, I've had like three long-term relationships in my life, and that's half of my sexual, you know, count. Yeah, but the metamorphosis, like what, what really do you think prompted it? Do you think it's just the amount of time you've been having sex, like it's a natural progression or there's some incident that happened or. Well, I do think um, something that played a part into it was moving just me having the, I don't know, the courage to move back to New York without a safety net. Um, And I think it fed into every other part of my life. Um, I started to, to think about what I wanted my sexual life to be like. And when I moved back to New York, I was still in a committed relationship, albeit long-term relationship, or 
long distance relationship, I should say. But I've been with this person for three and a half uh, years. And I just recently ended things. And, but I will say being in that relationship helped this thinking because it's, it's been by far the best sex of my life mm. being with this person. Um, it's being with that person helped me realize I really love certain aspects of sex that I didn't love before. Like what? Um, oral sex. I love, uh, giving oral sex now and I don't, I don't ever remember that being the case before. But why? I don't know. I, when I started dating this person, I was 23. And the other thing is the, my, the most previous relationship prior to that, the woman I was most consistently with did not enjoy getting oral sex. So I think that probably played a part into it. And then my other relationships, I just didn't feel comfortable enough with it early on. Um, or I wasn't encouraged to continue to do it. Or, you know, there wasn't that, there wasn't, there was a very, when it came to sex, you know, it was very immature and lack of communica communication when it came to sexual aspects in those relationships. So I think that helped feed into it. I just was never, you know, encouraged. So you're young. Do you think, because if one buys into this idea that the new generations are completely sex educated by porn, well, first of all, do you agree with that sentiment? I think, I think, unfortunately, that is the case for most of our generation, I believe. So, yes. Okay. And you personally? I mean, yeah. My first experience to sex was my cousin, who was four years older than me, bringing me into my parents' bedroom during a house party and just putting in a VHS tape of porn. <laughs> VHS? I would have thought you were... You were I'm not that young. Young, you were like too young for that. Uh, it was, I think it was like 1998, so I was like seven. Yeah. All right. Okay. It's I can recall back that far, and I do remember <laughs> there being VHS. I don't think DVDs were even on the marketplace quite yet. And certainly, maybe not even a porn. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that has been behind. So that was my first experience. Uh, just my cousin showing me, hey, this is what sex is. And no, you know, no uncertain terms. Do you remember what the porno was? No, all I remember is being it. Um, it was the only real aspect I can remember of it. It was being all black people within the porno. And my, half, my cousin was half black. Um, and I'm a quarter black. And... I think before this, um, I didn't have much interest in, I mean, I was seven. I didn't have much interest in anything besides Power Rangers at the time. So um, I don't think, uh, you know, but this, I knew what I was watching is what I kind of liked. That's all I kind of remember from it. And I, it was pretty much just straight up man on woman going pretty hard at it sex and we only watched it for a few minutes before someone knocked on the door and cousin got spooked and took the VHS <laughs> tape out <clears throat> but um after that you know I I lived in the projects and we had um stolen cable we had our hot box cable box mm -hmm. so we'd have the scramble spice channel that you can <laughs> spice channel does that even exist anymore I hope so 
I hope there are kids still discovering the Spice Channel to oh, this man. day. <laughs> but we, yeah, we on our on our hot box, we had a uh, scrambled, you know, visuals of the uh, Spice Channel, and then clear cut Playboy Channel. But there was no really like hardcore stuff on the Playboy Channel. It's mostly like fluff model shoots yeah. and like weird. <laughs> Pseudo, pseudo reality TV porno shows that they were doing at the time, which I still found hot because most of the girls on the Playboy Channel were hot. So, but this was during like real sex was on at this time, I think. Probably, oh. yeah. Definitely Taxi HBO Confessions, show. I'll watch it. Yeah. Did you ever watch any of those? I did, but I didn't have much interest in them. Especially, actually, probably when I got older, I probably was much more interested in them. Why? Um, I started to appreciate people speaking about sex a lot more when I was like a teenager after I had had sex myself started to appreciate listening to people talk about sex for some reason it interested me um hearing people talk about sex Mm. reading people write about their sexual encounters I remember I'd go a lot on these like old school blogs just people describing their sexual encounters like you know a weird hardcore version of dear jane on the internet (laughs) at that time yeah so yeah that was just i um and even though i discovered i guess my sexual education at that point in a rushed four minute experience i don't think i ever intended to have sex as early as i did um you know i've 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 heard a little bit of your story and the more that i'm the more that I'm separate from, you know, the more that time has come and passed since that incident, I can, you know, I can admit to myself that I was raped to a point, you know? Um, it was a man or a woman? It was a woman. I was, I had just turned. I was 13. I was about to turn 14. Um, and I was visiting what was going to be my new high school. And I met a kid there and we became fast friends and he lived in the neighborhood of that high school and which was much farther from where I was. So I became fast friends with him. So I knew I could hang out with him when we got class. I was already thinking that far ahead in high school. Apologize. (laughs) He just spit on me for the listeners. (laughs) That was supposed to happen later. I'm sorry. Um, Please don't do that. (laughs) I, um, so yeah, uh, I became fast friends with this kid and, uh, he ended up inviting me to a house party, like after our like freshman orientation, which took place like a month before high school started. And I went to this kid, to his house party, invited me to, and it was insane. Just a hardcore, like, um, he was Mexican and we were in Sunset Park and I was completely unaware of, like, the reputation of, like, the Mexican community in Sunset Park at that time. But what I would later learn was, like, there were just these crazy house parties. There were these crazy Mexican gangs going on in the neighborhood at that time. And apparently I was just in, mixed into one of these parties. And at that party, this, um, this girl just kept feeding me beers and shots and then eventually I had sex with her 
And how old was she? She was 19. So you said recently, though, you've come to look at it as it being rape, which it is, I mean, purely from a legal standard. Yes. But from any other standard of, I mean, you were were still a kid. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I wasn't ready. I knew I wanted to put on a front that I was ready, but I was not ready for that. And, um, I, throughout that, my, you know, she was a friend of my new friend and she was going, she was still going to the high school. Like she was an older senior. Um, and so throughout my freshman year, we would just go periodically have sex. We didn't, I'd never, she made no one's in terms of like we were together, mm. but we would just go have sex every now and then throughout the rest of my freshman year, whether I really wanted to or not. So did you ever have family talk to you about sex or like, you know, the cousin showing you this porno and this experience you had and whatever else you kind of came across in your social life. Was there anything else besides that, that you were getting either in school or at home or anything that somebody was like, sat you down from an adult and was like, here's some information that could be helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So it's interesting because I had two polar opposite parents. My mom was very, was pretty strict parent. And my dad was much more like a fun going, you know, my dad was my best friend. It's fun going, completely inappropriate jokes, stuff like that. But the only, really, the only recollection I have of speaking about spec, uh, speaking about sex with my father, is just him making jokes or him telling stories about his sexual experiences when he was a kid, like how he lost his virginity pretty young to the neighbor girl. A similar like, older woman scenario. No, or? they were like the same age. Oh. Um, I think even she she might have been like a year or two older, but it was like he was 10 and she was 12, that sort of deal. Yeah. Um, but he would also tell me stories about how he would just, just completely inappropriate stories about how he would just go out in the middle of the night and then just go jerk off in the farm next door <laughs> because he hated the people who lived on the other side of him. Mm-hmm. And he would just go jerk off in that guy's hammock. <laughs> where he rested his head and just leave the dry cum there. Uh, so, my yeah, my pops would tell me those weird, fun, completely inappropriate for, I don't know, I started hearing those stories when I was like 10 or 11. But I never got like, the, you know, classical TV sitcom 80s, birds and bees talk. <laughs> I never got that from either of my parents. And then when my mom discovered I was having sex, she thought I started having sex when I was 15. But she discovered it because um, she got she got clued in on the Internet and I was talking about it. Um, at that point, there used to be this very, very old social networking site for New York high school students called Sconex. <laughs> and... She became a little hip to it, and we were all just trash-talking each other because it was only for high school, New York City high school students. And we were just talking a bunch of mess on there, just everything, just spreading rumors about this girl and that girl and everyone writing in their journal about their sexual encounters. And like it's, It was just crazy. And I just left my d- desktop open one day, and she just went on and read it. Mm-hmm. And that's how, that's how my mom discovered I was having sex. 
And the only thing she said to me was like, do not get a girl pregnant. <laughs> that was the only thing she said to me. So, <laughs> just don't get a girl pregnant. But at that point, this was after this was the like the two older years woman. after the so other one. Somebody your own age? Uh, yes, this was my first serious girlfriend. I was 15. Um, I started dating her. So when I turned 15, it's pretty obvious as a freshman in high school, I was not doing well. Uh, so my mom sent me to Florida to go to live with my brother so he can discipline me. Because my father had died at this point and my mom didn't know what was going on in my life. You know, she couldn't handle me, quote unquote. Um, which is fair. I was kind of a cannonball. I was, I mean, I'm a 14 year old having sex and drinking every weekend at Mexican house parties. I'm pretty sure. I don't know what I would have done with me either. So, but it wasn't working out with my brother because of weird financial reasons, I guess. Um, So I moved back to New York shortly after that. And that's when I met my first serious girlfriend who I was, ended up dating for two years. And yeah, she was maybe nine or 10 months older than me. But yeah, it was the first like, girl my own age first sexual experience with a girl my own age um that at that point was pretty completely consensual you said you're 27 right now mm-hmm. how many years have you been having sex at this point remind me again I've been having consent i've been having sex 15 years okay and this is inclusive of the old woman this is inclusive of the older woman and how many partners have you had six so how do you, what, I mean, like when you, do you feel like that's a normal number for you? Do you, what are your thoughts about that number? I have no idea what is normal, to be honest with you. I think, uh. You don't talk about it with your friends? No, if I consider my friends, then it's probably below what, like my friends, I mean, with, yeah, with my closest friends, I know it's well below most of my closest friends. And because you know that, is that you hear them share, do you share with them as well? Is it? Does everyone know pretty much each other's numbers or your, um, I have a good idea of all of like my closest friends numbers. My closest friends are like the past, past 10 years. I have a good, not like a good estimation of their numbers. And they're like, you know, my two closest friends, I would say they're each and within like high double digits, I would say. Um, and then some of my other friends closer to me, but still in the double digits maybe in the teens. Um, so yeah, when I consider amongst my friend group, yeah, I'm, if like, let's say there's the, me and four other people, my four closest friends of that group, I'm definitely the lowest, but I do attribute it to me just being in love with the idea of being in love. And I just didn't like the idea of just like sleeping around, even though I ended up going into a profession that kind of fed into that quote unquote debauchery. Do you tell? Uh, so when I was uh, in the midst of all this troublemaking, I started training to be a pro wrestler with my uncle. And uh, my uncle was a pretty well-known pro wrestler in the Puerto Rico, in the Puerto Rican scene. And he had wrestled at that point for over 20 years. And I begged him to train me to be a wrestler because I was obsessed with pro wrestling ever since I discovered it when I was nine. So when I turned 13, he finally agreed to train me little by little. And by the time I was 16, I can, he finally allowed me to start getting booked with all his like old traveling buddies. But all his old traveling buddies are like all over the world at this point. 
So now I'm like an inexperienced pro wrestler who's been training for like two, three years. All of a sudden now I'm 16 years old, traveling to Germany, traveling to England, traveling to Japan, traveling to Puerto Rico, traveling throughout Canada, traveling to Mexico every two or three weekends. But are you saying that, because this is news to me, so I mean, I guess it makes sense, like anybody in any kind of performance based profession i guess you attract your own kind of groupies yeah is it that or it's it's just it's the the business of pro wrestling just tends to lend itself to just shady characters and debauchery and just all out there's craziness um for instance it would be completely normal for me to just walk into a very small locker room in munich germany and just see two uh, two dudes who I barely knew just jerk each other off in the locker room, and then be like, "Okay, that's commonplace here." <laughs> I would look at, I would, you know, I would learn that pretty quickly afterward. That that's pretty commonplace. Yeah, you just walk in and two dudes are just gonna jerk each other off in the locker room. Right? Yeah, you get the nerves out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, it makes sense. It would be pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I see the logic in it. Is what I'm trying to yes. say. Yes. So it's did a tough you, business. But have you, have, did you ever try that? I mean, seeing that and seeing, okay, well, this is normal for them. Did you ever give it a shot? No. Um, did anyone ever offer or attempt to jerk you off? No, except for um, my first sexual rib. Uh, no, a rib in pro wrestling is just a prank. We okay. call it rib for some reason. Yeah. But when I turned, I was 17 and for my 17th birthday, the boys decided to play a joke on me by, we were in uh, Leicester, England, and they decided to take me to a transvestite bar. And they thought it would be a haha joke joke that I would freak out or something. And I was like, I knew right away what, what was going on as soon as I saw the first completely obvious <laughs> cross dresser at the, like the front of the, uh, this, this lady who, this man lady who was checking IDs at the front of the club i knew exactly what we were about to get into and i'm just looking around i'm like okay i'll play ball (laughs) and i just i just kept a calm cool poker face and completely no i didn't sell their what they were trying to get me to do so you didn't dabble no i didn't dabble but i also didn't freak out like i i think they thought i was gonna be like what is going on what the (laughs) hell man these ladies wait they're men instead i was just like just participated in their karaoke night and danced a little bit with whoever was there with me. And, uh, but no, I didn't, I didn't, I never dabbled. There were plenty of chances throughout all these occurrences in all these places, whether it be someone who, whether it be a fan Mm -hmm. offering, whether it be a fan offering other people as in, Hey, I'm rich, and these girls just follow me around. If you want one of these girls, just let me know. Mm-hmm. Um, or just be other wrestlers. Yeah, like some. Yeah, I would get. Hit, I got hit on a couple times by other male wrestlers, but at that time, I had no. I had no interest at all in men. So, what about now that you say you're going through what you consider to be a sexual metamorphosis? Is that has that changed? Well, I've been trying to discover that myself. I think there are aspects of it that has changed for me. So the other week I kissed a guy who I like, 
who I know I can objectively find attractive. Mm-hmm. And I can look at this man and say, that's an attractive man. But when I kissed him, I didn't want to go any further. Like I wasn't aroused. There was no zing. There was nothing. And this wasn't the first time I kissed a guy. Um, but the other times where I kissed my best friend once, one of my best friends, because he, because it was a rave and <laughs> we were on MDMA, I'm guessing. And it just felt good to kiss my best friend. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, I never tried to kiss someone out of my own, just trying to figure out what's going on with me up until recently with this other gentleman. And I kissed him wanting to know, would I feel something? You know, would I want to like jump his, just jump him and, you know, figure out what else do I want to find out sexually about myself? And when I didn't have any desire to do so, I was like, okay, maybe... Maybe I'm just less sexually curious than I'm, I'm hoping. Maybe I want to be more curious than my instincts allow. Maybe or, I like the idea of just being more open. Yeah, but it could just be a personal chemical connection. I mean, I'm mostly straight, you know, but there are plenty of men that I've found attractive and then kissed and been like, that was more than underwhelming, you know, it just, there's no, there's no, there's no zing, you know, like your body has no reaction to them, no chemical response, which has nothing to do with gender. It's really just, you know, that's how your biology or spiritual self or whatever is mixing or not mixing with another person. Right. Well, that's what I think I've discovered. I think because, well, here's, here's another experience. So that second girlfriend that I had brought up who I dated pretty much throughout my whole like high school experience when I moved back to New York, sophomore through halfway through my senior year. So I had recently talked to that person and they came out as being female to male trans and said that they had known ever since like before that relationship with me. Mm. So this person comes out to me after 10 years after we stopped seeing each other and he thought I would be very angry with him that I would know this. And I was like, no, and I told him like, I'm just so happy for you that you discovered this about yourself and that you can be open and honest. And that was a very emotional conversation because, um, I loved that person and Mm -hmm. I still do. Like I have a lot of love in my heart for that person. And I, I think me back then wouldn't have reacted to it that well because I was, you know, I'm just not as informed about the world or about myself as I was back then. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was always high and drunk. <laughs> so that you throw that into the mix certainly didn't help matters. But I really thought about it long and hard. And if I, if for some reason, that relationship had never ended and we were both you know, at where we are in our lives right now. And he had told me that, hey, I'm not a she, but I still love you. I think I would have been like, okay. Is there any remaining attraction though when you were with this person and they're sharing this? Like, did it seem feasible that you could be in a relationship with them some point in the future? It's not something I don't think I would be opposed to, but I don't think it's something... 
from what I would under from what I'm understanding, it's not something I think they would be into. Um, even though they express similar like um, loving feelings towards me, I think in the conversation, at least that's what I gathered throughout our conversation, that there was still like a lot of um, affection there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I and I told him like yeah, if, if if for some reason if I had known about myself what I knew, um, if I knew my myself what I know now then. I would have been completely okay with it if you had told me. And I still would have loved you and I still would have been with you if you, that's what you wanted. So I think that's part of the... I think I'm completely... That taught me that I'm completely capable of loving any person. That I'm completely capable of falling in love with any person. But up until this point, I've never had the um, sexual attraction, really, mm. to another person who's a male or identifies as a male so no. the person the the man that you had kissed but mm-hmm. that when you kissed them you realized you didn't have any kind of physical attraction thing did you have it mentally though before you had the kiss no i anticipate i was anticipating that i was going to like that this was going to go further than that than but is kiss. that standard for you that when you are with a partner or a potential new partner that the attraction is something that only starts after something physical happens. It's not something that you have and then you explore or you have, and then is maybe um, like reinforced or negated. Like, you know, if, if you had had it before you would kiss this man, I would say like, you know, you were attracted to the person and then you had that reaction when you kiss them and then it was negated. But, you know, alternatively, you could be attracted to them and then kiss them and then, you know, more happens, it continues, it grows or ebbs or whatever, you know. So, but I mean, is that how you usually are where it's like the attraction isn't there until there's a physical moment of contact or it just, it's, it's va- it varies. varies. I think it's, I'm, I'm actually like a pretty mixed bag. I've like ended up kissing someone and being like, and having a similar situation as I did with this man where I'm like, I'm thinking I'm physically attracted to you. Um, you know, up until this point, pretty much with all women. And after that kiss, I'm like, no, I'm not feeling this and I don't want to go further. Okay. So you were attracted to this person and then yeah it was okay. i was okay. like i was like i'd find this i was like this guy's really hot but after i kissed him i was like i don't i had no desire to like to have sex with him or attempt to have sex with him or anything like that but yeah and i've no and i know that about myself in the past like there have been women who i've like for instance i have one of my first jobs in the city was working at soys r us and I had one of my most favorite relationships to this day was a co- was with a coworker, where we had very open, <laughs> very inappropriate sexual innu- innuendo with each other, mm. and we would always just make jokes about how we were gonna fuck the shit out of each other and stuff like that, just very open and weirdly honest. And then all of a sudden, one day we kiss each other, and I'm like, "There's nothing, <laughs> There's nothing here." <laughs> uh, I've had experiences like that. It's so. I mean, on the one hand, it, it kind of takes the pressure off because, like, when you have that kind of banter with somebody and then you do, you take it that next step, 
like there's a lot of hype to live up to really, you know, like it can be very disappointing because you're going to fail to meet expectations that have been spoken even if in jest, you know? So this, <laughs> this was, this was potentially my only real opportunity of having sex with absolutely no like thoughts of having um, any sort of relationship because we were doing other stuff before we had kissed. And right as she was kissing me, she was like grabbing my at the point erect penis. Mm. And while she was kissing me, I became <laughs> much less erect. <laughs> and that's how we knew with both of us that um <laughs> I was like <clears throat> I was like that's never happened before <laughs> I didn't know that was possible for me I was like so that's how I learned with that person <laughs> I wasn't really physically feeling it and that shocked me actually I was like this person's hot though what's going on I didn't understand. Our genitals are very intelligent. <laughs> they know more than we do in our head. This is, I believe this thoroughly, like, without a doubt. Vagina always knows. I'm sure the <laughs> penis always knows. And if you have some combination, I'm sure it's equally, if not doubly smart. <laughs> but, uh, so, you're in your sexual metamorphosis. <laughs> I hope I feel so. Like this is the, the theme of, of this conversation. I'm going to figure out a catchy title with this, but it hasn't come to me yet. But so, so I imagine there's got to be a whole bunch of stuff that you have in mind that maybe you want to try or that are you just exploring or researching through porn or talking with people? And if so, what are those things? So this is an interesting point because ever since I broke up with this past girlfriend. The long distance one? Yes. Yeah. Which was at this point... <clears throat> As of this recording has been exactly two weeks, I've been completely, like, my sex drive has just been, pew, just completely gone. Yeah. Since this conversation. Um, which is why I was so hopeful going into that encounter with this man. Um, and I'm wondering if that played a part in it where I'm just like, maybe I'm a little too, maybe I'm a more emotionally down than I thought originally thought. Mm. But I'm... I don't actually think that's it. I think I'm just like, my sex drive sometimes tends to go in lulls anyway, but I'm in like a really weirdly dry, just no desires really at this point. But my, my, my mentally, I'm still very curious. Um, and listening to this progress help, listening to the interviews you've done recently with your friend from a couple weeks ago, talking about her sexual explorations and then the, the gentleman last week, um, sex magic and pussy whispering, <laughs> you know, that was all of that was great. And hearing you constantly share about your desires to eventually want to do orgies and mo have multiple partner experiences, you know, mentally that, you know, that curiosity, I have that itch. I would also like to experience some of those things. I would like to experience like a male, male, female threesome. Um, because I have experienced a male, female, female threesome. Haven't we all? <laughs> if only we... <laughs> we all should. Eh, I feel like... I don't know. Anyway. I don't, I don't want to put anything down. Like, there's value in, in every experience. It's just... 
to me, like, it's almost as... It's just going to sound super judgy, so I'm just going to stop here. Because it's not a matter of judgment. To me, it's just like, I'm I'm really bored with the female, female male threesome, but I feel like any woman that's participated in one, I imagine if anything was boring in the like repertoire of experiences, it would be that because it's it's so played out in porn and it's so played out in culture and it's like, uh, blah, 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 whatever. Right. Anyway, but I digress. So... Tell me more about when you, you say you'd love to have a male, male, female threesome in your mind. Is it, you know, just you participating with another guy, but really focusing on the woman or you imagine it to be a more equal experience where all three people are equally pleasuring and contacting and touching each other and all of that. I think more of the former, but also I'm completely open to allowing that sexual experience to grow however it's meant to grow. Does Um, it appeal to you because you want the possibility of it going someplace that you're not exactly sure you want to go? Yeah, I think so. I think that that might be it. But I'm also curious into just, I'm curious into experiencing what exactly about being in that scenario, what will and won't turn me on. Because it's, it's something I've never experienced. It's something even like watching porn. I'm not really into like porn wise. I usually don't go for that sort of thing. But just the, the thought of it intrigues me because I think being in it would be a completely different experience for me as far as um, like there was a there was a point in time where it almost happened, actually. And. I was very excited at that point and I was much less sexually curious then, mm. but I was like a little scared at how excited I <laughs> at that point in my life. I was like 20 or so <clears throat> and I was living with my best friend. Is this the same best friend that you kissed? No, oh. but it was another best friend who I was pretty open with like discussing sexual sexuality with. And my girlfriend was another pseudo long distance although she lived in new york for the majority of the time but she was visiting and we were getting pretty hot and heavy in the bedroom and my best friend knocked on the door because somebody was knocking on our front door and he needed me to sign something because he didn't (laughs) legally live there (laughs) he wasn't on the lease or anything and i was like so he kind of walked in on us and it was like, oh, my bad. And then I just had the thought, like, you know, just, uh, but I was, and it's, I mostly had the thought because I knew it would be something that the girl I was with at the time would really love, but I also kind of wanted it to, I think. But just practically speaking, did you stop and go and sign for the thing or whatever was at the front door? Yes, I had to. Okay, you did that. So It was my, it was, it was my dog's dog food. <laughs> so when you get back, though, well, okay, Walk me through the scene. So your okay. roommate walks in on you. You're having sex. So did you get dressed to go to the door? Did you like put a towel on or a robe? Like how how much I did put you, my, you pants I put on? my blanket on my body. Blanket on. Okay. <laughs> like around chest down. So where did your roommate go when you went from being with the girl to going to the front door? Where was your roommate at that time? 
I think he went to back to the couch. So he didn't like stay in the room and wait for you. No, but he like he saw like I was wow when he knocked because he knocked and then opened the door, which is our fault. We didn't like it, <laughs> but he knocked <clears throat> twice. Went in here and he opened the door. And during that, is she was giving me a blowjob. And we were like right next to the door. We weren't laying down or anything. So he saw, but she wasn't like. I think she just had her top off. So he saw it's right in front of it's right in the door frame. Right. It's like two feet away from the door. So, but now you've signed, you have your blanket on. So you're going back to the room. Do you say yeah. anything or like exchange looks? Is there any? You yes, know, there's a look. There's a look. Well, but the look is more like him just being like a usual bro <laughs> type of like. Like, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Get it, man. Get so, it. So, but did you... But he, like, he just saw me, my dick, caught in a girl's mouth, <laughs> like, two minutes earlier. I'm sure it's pretty cool. <laughs> but, I mean, did you give him a look in response of, like, you know, no, little was eyebrow a, raise? I was like, just a douchebag bro at the same time. I'm like, yeah. And that was it? So you But while I'm walking the... back, I'm having the thought, like, he should join us. But, in, but you but go I back never, to the I never communicate with that with him, and I never communicate that with her. <laughs> but I knew... Through discussions with her, that would some that would be something she would be into. Okay, so because you, she was kinky. <laughs> these looks are exchanged, though. No, you know, proposition is made. No. You go back to the room, and then you just continue doing whatever you were doing with her. Pretty much. And close the door. Or you leave it open. We close the door. Oh. And she that was the door. that was the end of that. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a flashpoint in time where there was a crossroads. So that moment when you were walking back to your room and it's occurring to you that you, you know, you could invite him in your head. How, how did you imagine it would carry out if he had said yes and followed you into the room? Well, I'd imagine if I had stopped, turned and looked at him and gave him the nod to join us. I imagine it would be, uh, he would go, hmm, a word. <laughs> And then he'd slowly get up, because he was a suave guy. He'd <laughs> slowly start to disrobe. I'm like, all right. Slowly disrobe. I'm taking my blanket. I'm taking the blanket <laughs> off my body. And we both enter at the same time and then just look at her. And then she, like, immediately comes or something. <laughs> just looking at us, I guess. And then... <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you the douchebag version of it. No, but something... It's not, not douchebag. To me, this just speaks to you a lot of... <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure I'm being... plenty of women come just at the sight of Because that's how female anatomy works. Without, without the. Uh, but no, but we would both enter, and I think she would immediately be like, "Oh, it's happening," <laughs> because she was very kinky, and she was always talking about how she wanted to have a threesome. So, but if that happened, and she went to your your roommate first, mm -hmm. would you be upset? No. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have been that upset. I think I would have enjoyed watching. And if he started touching you, like at that point, you think that's something that was part of the image of it or this no, was still way before this point, that? No. no, I don't think so. I think, um, yeah, I was just very, I wasn't as open as I was to that sort of thing now as I am now. So now when you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Now when I think about it, I'm immediately <clears throat> sucking him off. No. But, he, but, but almost close. Like, it's just an all immersive experience where, I don't know, maybe it starts off where, like, we're both, like, she's 
pleasuring both of us at the same time, but we're like rubbing each other. And then eventually we focus on her a little bit. And then all, all of a sudden it's just taking turns, focusing on one, on one, on one, on no, two, on one, two, on one, two, on one, on each of us. Yeah. And then whatever happens in that experience happens you know um when i imagine it now i don't have a blueprint for it my my blueprint for it is just like whatever gets us hot and heavy (laughs) (laughs) so what kind of porn do you look for now i like a lot of um it was interesting hearing you talking about how you don't enjoy amateur porn (laughs) i like voyeur porn don't know why because I agree, it's usually pretty boring, but I also just like the concept, the idea of just spying on people. I like the concept of it. I don't like it in actuality. Um, because I've, I've been to parties where I've been invited to spy on people and I just don't enjoy that. But, um, I, so yeah, like I have a lot of voyeur porn. I like, um, uh, unfortunately, I like a lot of POV porn. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, I think it's cliche. It's a little too cliche, and I think it's like oversaturated the market, yeah. the porn marketplace. But what activities are you looking for? Um, I'm not yet. So it's interesting. Like as far as like video porn, I'm not into BDSM yet, but I'm into like pictures of BDSM, of just imagery. Like I find it very beautiful in a way. Like I started following this this um, porn star on Twitter. And she just mostly does just BDSM. And she only puts up, like, pictures of it. Mm -hmm. Like, she has her videos and everything, but she has, like, a for sale, and I'm too poor for that. And I want to support her, and I do through, like, various ways. But she puts up a lot of pictures, and I'm, like, finding them very arousing and very, like... But also, like, I'm, like, amazed by it because she's in all these, like... She's trapped up in all these different positions and roped up and tied up and gagged and... I'm like, this is an incredible thing the body can do. <laughs> I'm like, uh, like I'm finding it a little bit like if I'm at the circus, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit un, in awe of it, but I'm not, I don't know if I'm, cause I've never jerked off to it. I don't know if I'm like yet ready yet to like deep dive into it. Um, like hardcore style, but you know, my usual stuff is just like, I like a lot of, <laughs> I think you're, you're going to hate me for this. <laughs> I like a lot, some story stuff where there's just like some weird, el- not, not, not where it's focusing on the story, but something where I can put myself into like, I don't know, like, like the pizza delivery guy. No, not cheese, not that cheesy, but like, um, the plumber, the guy, the, 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 the there's a, there's stepfather. a, no, the brother. Like, I kind of like stepfather <laughs> stuff sometimes. I don't like stepbrother stuff that it's too close to home. <laughs> uh, I like, um, the babysitter and then the stepfather finds the babysitter masturbating in his house and I like that. Uh <laughs> I like the uh the you know the the gym teacher cheerleader routine <laughs> shit. Just stuff like that. I don't know, it's just weird. It's kinky stuff like that because it's uh oh, I like a lot of those like weird Russian public sex ones. Mm. Those are fun. Those are really hot. <laughs> It's mostly because those girls are incredibly sexy. Yeah. It's like, and I like them because a lot of those girls are natural, um, which I'm very into. Um, and they're like, I just find them incredibly attractive. Um, as far as all like 
when I look for types, I look, I'm actually like very into like natural women, um, like hairy, bushy. Um, so just to follow up on that. Okay. So if that's something that you're into when you're looking, see, now you're hot, right? <laughs> Do you want me to turn the fan closer to you? <laughs> no, it's hitting me. I'm okay. Okay. I just take that. <clears throat> okay. So if you're looking for hairy women or you enjoy hairy women or like that natural state, and especially now with your newfound love for going down on women. Sure. Uh, is the hair problematic or no. you, you welcome it? I welcome it. Yeah. And do you, do you have any tips on dealing with it getting in your mouth? Just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> because like, I've never found it an issue. Like, so what, what, I never, I didn't discover, I, I enjoyed it until this previous relationship, but my girlfriend wasn't hairy or anything. But I would encourage her to like let it. Her yeah, life. but if you had a hairy woman and you're getting mm-hmm. the curlies stuck well, down your throat, I, when all I encouraged her, she she would go, and then yeah, so she when she would go months without shaving, and then we would go meet up in Buffalo or Toronto, or she would come to New York or Philly, and <laughs> she would know that I was into it. And yeah, I, I never yeah every once in a while you get a little bit of hair stuck in your teeth. Just like, whatever, acknowledge it in your brain and move on. I don't, I, I don't find it an issue. I, I'm not. I mean, okay. Now my position is definitely like landscaped. Like whoever, whoever the genitals are, you know, belonging to whatever. I just hey, because getting stuck in your teeth is one thing, but when they get stuck in your throat, it's a whole other thing. Like you can't quite cough it up. You can't swallow it. It's like. Ugh. I, I hate that. So when I've, there's only been a couple of times where it's like <clears throat> just escaped inside my mouth, like a hair. And what happens then? I just like move back and I just spit on her pussy <laughs> and hope like the hair is caught in there. And then just, you know, rub on her pussy a little bit and gather myself before I deep dive right back in. That's a good oral sex tip. A yeah, good just like hairy if, oral sex tip. Like if you get, if you're worried about the hair. Take a second, <laughs> spit on the pussy or spit on the dick, lube it, re-lube it, reset, and go right back in. Right. Go right back on town. But if it's a dick and you spit and the hair is in the spit and it lands on the dick and then you put the dick you back spit in your on mouth the balls and you... If, all right. And then you like, so you go back on the dick so and then you're like massaging you. the balls for his pleasure, but also for like to try to get, to try to get any excess hair out of his balls, you know, <laughs> like surreptitiously pulling all the hair. Yeah. Out of the you're like massaging it, but you're also like grooming it. Like, Oh, let's, let's get this. But these are good practical tips. Yeah. You should, you should write an article. <laughs> I'll get to work on that boss. <laughs> I think the practical tips that acknowledge like, you know, because yeah. there are, there are practical issues that come up with these things. Well, no, I have practical tips to address them. I appreciate that question because it was so instinctual for me when I ever encountered it. It was like the spinning. Yeah, yeah. Like it was just an, it was something I just, when it happened, I was like, all right, I knew what to do just right away. I don't think I would have known what to do before. This relationship was really life changing for me because just, I was never openly communicative with any of my partners. Like I was with this partner. Like we would just have, we would have times where we were just having sex and we would just pause for five minutes and just like laugh about something we did during our sex that was stupid and be like let's not do that again <laughs> all right and let's just continue and I love that we had that sort of relationship where 
we were so simpatico that our communication lines were always open. Like if I went to put my, like a finger in her ass too soon, Mm -hmm. she would let me know. And then I would stop and I would go on to focus on other things. And if she would do something where like, she's tugging way too hard on my dick, I would let her know like, okay, just ease down, ease down. (laughs) You know, I just, we never had issues from the very beginning. We never had issues just letting each other know what we wanted. And that's, that wasn't the case with pretty much any of my relationships until then. Like, it's really passive aggressive, our sex, like for the most part, where it's just like, I don't like how this girl is giving me blowjobs. So I'm going to fake an orgasm, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't know how that works. Like, oh yeah, I totally nutted in your mouth. Right. <laughs> it was just, but it was spit. Ay, ay, ay. So well, what's an example of something stupid that you guys would have stopped and laughed about? Um, something like, uh, well, I think the very first time something like that happened was she was giving me a blowjob and she wanted me to be like very forceful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, but I, so at one point I was like playing with her mouth and she was being very open and like just letting me do whatever. And I was grabbing her head. I was putting my dick in and out of her mouth. So, but it made this like sound (laughs) and it just cracked us up and we just, I just started laughing and then she started laughing and we just, we just fell over and started laughing about it for like a couple of minutes. And then it was like, all right, penetration. Now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, but stuff like that. It was just odd occurrences during sex. Like, um, if I didn't, I didn't love being spanked, but I sometimes I allowed her to spank me. But sometimes I would stop her if she like spanked me and then scratched me. Hmm. I can't stand that. <laughs> so I was just like, oh no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> and one time she did it. But she hit, like, my taint, and it really, really hurt. Yeah. And I was just like, no, I have to stop. We have to stop. <laughs> and I went around the room, and I started doing, like, stretches because I needed to, like, air my taint out because it was hurting so much because she, like, smacked it way too hard. And I'm like, that hurts. That hurts. And I'm just, like, roaming around her room just going, oh, that hurts. That hurts. That hurts so much. Uh, just weird, unusual stuff like that. But... 99% of the time we would just go right back into it after a few minutes and continue having our usually great sex. Um, I discovered during that relationship, like, Oh my God, so many of my girlfriends have faked orgasms before this relationship. Like that's how, like I always had an inkling. Mm. But how did you know with it? Because she would tell you if she didn't or like, she just wouldn't No, because just try to pretend if she wasn't, getting there because she would have orgasm sometime like i don't believe you like no i'm having an orgasm and i'm it just i i just felt different um like the direct previous relationship i don't think i ever made that girl come through penetrative sex it's very uncommon yeah and i don't but like it would happen with other girls before this girl. And I was very attracted to this girl. And I really wanted to like, my goal was always like every time we had sex. Cause we wasn't like a, 
we weren't in like an exclusive relationship. We were in a pretty open relationship, but it was going on for a very long time in our lives. Yeah. Like five years or so with this girl. And my goal was always to just somehow make her come during penetrative sex. And then most of the time I would give up and just make her come. You know, she just, she just really like me masturbating, like finger fucking her mostly. Um, and then I would just lay back with her disappointed and I was, um, <laughs> finger fucking her. <clears throat> but yeah, I've grown to learn that like, it just wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't an aspect of our relationship that I could fix. So, you know, I'm, I wasn't talented. <laughs> no, I, I, that just wasn't a part of our sexual chemistry. Yeah. Whereas with this girl, it was like... On average, I would say one, on average, I would say one sexual experience, she would have three orgasms. You know, there would be times where I would have multiple orgasms and that never happened before her with me Mm -hmm. where I had multiple orgasms. I didn't think that was possible for me. Um, I, you know, I, I, from what porn told me, I was like, oh, I've got one in me and that's it. (laughs) That's what porn taught me, but this relationship taught me taught me completely differently. Like, oh no, I've got I've got many many of different variety of orgasms of different orgasms I can experience. Mm -hmm. So, Um, when you say multiple for you, do you mean just like consecutively without having like actual physical downtime, like losing your erection? Yeah. And are they quick? Are they close together? Or they're just it's just. Sometimes it would be close together. Sometimes it would be pretty spaced out. It vary. It would vary. Um, there was one time I think I came. I think my my quote unquote personal record was four times during one of our like encounters. And um, the last from the third to the fourth one, it was very quick. But one, two, three, it was like an hour in between mm-hmm. each each orgasm, and it was in like. Some of the, like the second and third orgasm was probably my most memorable orgasms in my life. And then that fourth one was just like a bonus one that came like three minutes afterward because she was like really turned on that she, that she had made me come that much mm-hmm. that she started sucking my dick. She's like, no, you're going to come again. You're going to come again. I can feel it. Um, but it would, it would vary. Sometimes it'd be close together sometimes, but like that time, very spaced out. So looking back on it now, do you feel like there's been an effect on the relationships you've had or the things that you look for or the way that you experience being with people, you know, that first time with a woman who was older and kind of being, you know, you were taken advantage of. Has, do you feel like there's been repercussions from that? Like what, how, how did that shape you? Um, I would say it poisoned um, how I viewed women for a long time. As kind of a predator? Yeah, I think I, you know, I never developed, like, I mean, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this woman was a pedophile. I was not physically mature. I was five one, maybe. I was very clearly a prepubescent. Now, I, my Birth certificate I was 13, but I had not, I think I had hit even a quarter of my puberty. Mm. It wasn't very, I don't, 5'1 is generous. 
Um, this woman was almost a full-grown adult. And after that experience, um, I never developed, like, feelings for, like, people who were younger than me. Mm-hmm. But people who were my same age, I would... I would chase, I would like try to, like I was into the chase and I was very open and very brash about like wanting to be with this girl. And that was very, that was inappropriate for a force. That's just inappropriate for a 14 year old, even if you're talking to someone in your same age group. So I think that's how it affected me for a while. Became very poisoned up until my second relationship where this girl called me out on it. And that's kind of how we started our friendship mm-hmm. that little by little evolved into our relationship. So when she called me out on it, it's when I, you know, now he called me out on it, um, is when I learned that, um, I was being complete asshole for the most part and just being very predatory and very, you know, just completely inappropriate. So now when you, when it comes to women, do you feel like you kind of compensate for that experience? Like maybe do you seek out women that are younger or your age specifically, you know, kind of in, in to counter that experience? Or are you seeking out women that are older to kind of reclaim the experience? Like, does it impact at all who you're looking for? Or you feel like at this point, just with the things that have happened afterwards, you've kind of like normalized or leveled out? I would... I would hope to say that like it's had no real impact on me since since like that point in time. Mm. The I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but ever since every girlfriend I've every girlfriend I've had since then except for one has been older than me. Um the most previous girlfriend was five years older than me. The girl before that was eight years older than me, and the girl before that was twelve years older than me. But the girl before that who was my last high school relationship was a year younger. So, and so I don't know. Um, what I think I would look for now is honestly, anyone I can even remotely think about falling for. Are you on dating apps? Yeah. So what is your range though? Is your range skew higher or it's like, Pretty even below and above your age. Um, so I put 23 to 50. To 50? Yes. That's pretty high. It is pretty high. <laughs> uh, but I, <laughs> I'm not on any premium sites, but I, I think I mostly did that because like, I think it's hard otherwise, even though most of the people I ended up matching with are around my age group anyways. I don't think much 50 year, 50 year olds are looking for me anyway. Uh, this is hilarious. So, so now that I know that you're looking for the fucking early geriatric, (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe your age range just tops out at 50. I just find that really funny. I'm sorry. You know, because it's the reason why it's so funny to me is because so as a woman, I have found that the older I get, the younger the guys that are interested in me are, which completely defies logic. Like I become invisible and I don't know what else to people my own age or even like within the same decade, but like 15 years younger, it's weird. It's really weird. If it helped balances it out, I was much more sexually attracted to you four years ago. (laughs) Oh, that's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know why it is though, because of the city we live in, like 
I've met 48-year-olds <laughs> where they're like, yeah, I'm like 48. I'm like, what the f- you're 48, what? And I, I swear to God, that. I swear to God in this conversation, I'm like, this woman's like 33, 34. This woman can't be older than 33 or 34. Yeah, it's not like the the wisdom of experience. This no, is what I don't it's give a be. shit about that. Come on. No, at this point, I think there's... I or think that if they're that old, if they were late 40s or even mid 40s, right? They've already passed like the baby train, right? Yeah. I mean, I suspect that's more of what it is. It's like that's guys younger are, they don't want to deal with the 30 something because they're right in the mix of, oh my God, I have to get married right. and have a baby. And nah, nah, nah. Sure. I mean, not yeah, that I mean, every woman does that, but that's largely. Yeah, if there were an that option that I can just do twenty-two to thirty-two, and then <laughs> skip, skip all the way up to thirty-nine, and then just skip uh, thirty-three to thirty-eight, I probably would. Anyway, so we're <laughs> we are nearing that time where I ask you if there's anything else that you want to talk about outside of sex, monogamous relationships. Do you feel like in like? more and more in this society today like it's just becoming especially with people around our age groups it's just becoming something that's becoming more of the way of the past little more and more little by little just the concept of it because like after exiting this relationship i'm trying to examine why i've been a serial monogamous my whole life i can't really figure it out there's i like I, I think it's something I need to see a therapist about because, no, or just like, I need an answer why. Like, why? Why? <laughs> why do you need to know why? Just cause I'm just so curious <laughs> as to why I've been so opposed to just... But is it because you think there's something wrong with it? No, but I do think there's something wrong with not seeking out just fun or just like... um. Some people are just not into that. And, and I don't think that... I think it's more uh, commonly spoken about now that, you know, you know, just like with transgender people, it's not something new, you know, people that are, are not in the binary and, you know, shift and have this fluidity, like none of that is new. The only thing that's new is the, um, the visibility, you know, and the presence in conversation. But these things have always been around. It's just, are we talking about it? So I think it's just more acceptable and even a little trendy now to be non-monogamous and poly and open and all of these things. But I don't think that, you know, really, if you get down to brass tacks with ratios, I don't think it's any different now than it was 20 years ago. Um just more likely that somebody would be open that that's what they're into. And maybe because people are open about talking about it, other people may be more interested like yourself to consider it or feel some sort of pressure or maybe opportunity to explore it. But, you know, some people just aren't interested in having a non-monogamous relationship. I mean, even the, the people that I've interviewed, and I'm sure you've heard some of them, like they're in relationships with people who are poly, but they themselves are not. You know, so even they're exposed to it and they still know I'm just wired that I prefer to have one partner. Like they may be comfortable with their partner not feeling the same way, but, you know, they're just it's, you know, like people that prefer hot versus cold. It's kind of the same thing, you know, like some people just want one partner and some people want lots and lots of partners. 
And there's nothing wrong with either thing. It's just that's what side your bread is buttered on. Well, I'm hopeful that with this quote-unquote metamorphosis, that part of it will be just me allowing myself to um, seek out whatever else. If I'm seeking out someone and maybe, and if they're not into monogamy, then I, I'm hopeful I'll be okay with that. But if an hopeful, like, you know, if they're into me, that that's something we can go down. But it's always been a case where I'm like, if I've pursued someone and they don't want that in the past, where I'm like, okay, well, have a good life. See yeah. you later. You know, just because I was like, I know that's, that's because I knew in the past, I knew I would just be like, I would get jealous. Um, even in that one non-exclusive relationship or, you know, she would have, she would date other partners, but she, she only dated other women besides me. Mm-hmm. And, but I would still get jealous. Um, I'm hopeful that's something that I can change about myself or at least approve upon. Let's see, it sounds like that inclination is based on you judging yourself for having those feelings. But I think those feelings are completely normal and human, you know, and that's, that's just how you're made. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if... You know, while you're going through this metamorphosis and you're exploring all of these things, like you may swing so far to the opposite side of where you consider yourself to be now or where you came from. And then you may find that you just swing right back. Like, you know, after having done all of that, that you really figure out, well, now that I know all of the things, (laughs) I know that of all of these things, I was actually right where I needed to be when I started. Or you might not. It's great that you're open to exploring all of that. That's what's really important. But I just encourage you to be accepting of whatever you're feeling along the way or wherever you wind up. Like, there's nothing wrong with doing or not doing. Yeah. Well, thank you, Will. Thank you, Brian. All right. Hmm. Listening to this makes me feel like he left that not being entirely convinced of accepting himself, but maybe not. It's still good advice. Until Monday's quickie episode, I wish you well.